Welcome to Lacrosse Recruiting 101, where the biggest names in lacrosse share their inside views and expertise. Now, your host, Luke Cometti. In this episode of the podcast, I sit down with Dan Sheehan, Lemoyne College head men's lacrosse coach. Coach Sheehan will be entering his 25th season with the Dolphins and during his time at the helm has won six national championships and has had a record of 333 wins with only 54 losses. Coach Sheehan and I cover a wide variety of topics, including how Lemoyne went about this fall after an undefeated 2021 season, which was capped off with a national championship, where they are from a recruiting standpoint and how they usually go about the process, and what he looks for in recruits to come in and help Lemoyne lacrosse continue their tradition of success. We wrap up with some great advice from Coach Sheehan in regards to what type of things young players should be focused on to set themselves up to have a long and successful career. If I miss something, if there's something you'd like to hear on the next podcast, then please email us at questions at lacrosserecruiting101.com or tweet at our Twitter handle at laxrecruit101. Thanks for listening. Coach Sheehan, thank you again for coming on the podcast. We just had some technical difficulties, went for a few minutes without it recording, but now we should be good. He was just filling me in on their Hunter Athletic Facility uh, that's used for their college athletes. It's beautiful. A lot has changed, at least since the last time I've been here. And uh, we were just diving into the fall for you guys, so why don't you pick it up from there? Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, you know, the fall this year was, um, I'd say probably about 95% normal. Um, oh, wow. You know, the, the campus is doing a great job as far as COVID is concerned, keeping you know all of our students and, and faculty and staff, uh, you know, safe and in a good spot. So, yeah, so so because of that, we were, we were pretty able to have uh, – uh, a, a, a mostly normal fall season, um, which is, uh, you know, just, just for these kids, these 18 to 22-year-olds to have, uh, you know, back to as, as normal as possible yeah. or at least the new normal, um, you know, it was, it was good to have. So when you say it was normal, it was it like your typical schedule that you normally have, your scrimmages, your practices and things like that? Yeah, we, you know, for the last boy well, probably ten or twelve years, we've we've kind of have a, a template that is, um, you know, probably two or three weeks at the beginning when, you know, we're kind of getting to know who we have and and trying to find out our team's identity, followed by an alumni game. Okay. Um, you know, we're pretty fortunate that uh, you know our alumni support is is through the roof, and a lot of them, a lot of them at least think they can still play. Um, <laughs> You know, there's there's uh, there's usually lots of attackmen, lots of defensemen, and and, yeah. and very few midfielders. Yep. Uh, and certainly nobody nobody wants to take faceoffs and, and get that low to the ground. Um, so <laughs> especially so, against a current guy. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. You know, getting up for that job on Monday morning sometimes a little bit difficult. For sure. Um, so yeah, so we had we had our alumni game, and and then we uh, we had a couple of play days. The first uh, the first one we we've done uh, a bunch of times. Uh, it's typically the room to smile that uh, one of our oh, alums, yeah. Brandon Spillett, yeah. uh, a charity that that he started in, in his father's name. Um, this year it was due to some still some COVID regulations on campus and outside groups coming on. Um, it was it was still Lemoyne RIT and OCC um, nice. minus, minus the room to smile piece of it, but uh, we hope to have them back uh, 
next year. And then, uh, you know, we had the the pleasure of having Binghamton and Canisius come down a couple weeks after that to kind of wrap up our fall season. Sweet. Yeah, so it sounds pretty full. And, you know, I'm just wondering, this isn't your first time entering a fall like this, but you guys are national champions last year. How do you prepare for a fall when you're, you know, sent down with Vinny, your assistant, and saying, hey, this is how we got to, you know, enter this fall because the age-old saying nothing fails like success. So, you know, it's somewhat of a quick turnaround. I mean, heck, you know, what are you preaching to the guys in the summer? And then how do you kind of hit it once the fall starts? Yeah, so, you know, right or wrong, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not too sure. But, you know, we, we do have a little bit of a recipe up here that we've, um, that we've, we've followed um, certainly, you know, make some tweaks to it when, when necessary, but you know, when you, when you lose a quarter of your team every year to graduation, um, you know, to put the pressure on, on the, the next group that they have to just automatically repeat those that, that came before them, you yep. know, that's, that's, that's difficult. For sure. Um, you know, and, and especially in, in our sport, you know, not, not jealous of soccer and, and football at all that, that their student athletes have to come back, uh, after a summer and be ready to play. <laughs> um, you know, I, I, we have a little different philosophy. Uh, um, you know, our, our incoming freshmen are, are begging me for summer workouts and things like that. And, you know, we, we've used the summer up here, you know, we, we're very fortunate that, um, for, for a lot of years, you know, we probably play a month longer than your average college lacrosse team if, if you're playing in May and yeah. and trying to play till Memorial Day. So a lot, a lot of the time for us, you know, June and July are, are kind of, you know, focus on those internships and, um, you know, just kind of take a break, kind of take a break. Yeah, a hundred percent. Um you know, and, and so to being able to, to tell an incoming freshman that there is no summer workout packet that I'm sending them, they, you know, they want to know, well, their friends got them. Um, and why aren't you getting them? And I said, well, go for a run and lift weights and go shoot. We'll, we'll, we'll talk to you. <laughs> yeah. We'll talk to you later. Uh, so yeah, so that, that's kind of, that's, that's kind of the way that it is. And, and then the fall is, you know, just trying to figure out who we are. Um, you know, there's, there's a really good chance that we graduate our best player you know, every single year. I yeah. think that's the way that it's supposed to work. Um, you know, in our case, uh, you know, we did. We graduated a, a, a bunch of them. Um, Matt Hutchings, you know, Division Two Player of the Year, is, yeah. is now moved on. Um, so, you know, trying expecting Matt to to have the ball on his stick in the the last thirty seconds of a practice, like Matt's not here anymore. So, <laughs> uh, next man up, and and trying to figure that out. That's really what fall ball is all about. Yeah, yeah, and I love how you mentioned that you need to kind of take a break because especially you guys, you know, you tend to be playing in, in late May, but even if you're not, I mean, everyone's preaching hard work, hard work, and don't get me wrong. That's a huge part of having success. But I mean, if you're go, 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 you know, from the summer into the fall, you know, right into season, I mean, yeah, you might be playing your best lacrosse in February, but come May when it really counts, you're going to be burned out. Yeah. You know, I, I, I make the comment to, you know, to, to recruits and to, to the younger guys in our program that if I can't get you ready to play, you know, our first game in the middle of February, if, if I can't do that starting September 7th, um, and have, you know, four or five months, then I probably shouldn't be doing what I'm, (laughs) what I'm doing. So, 
You know, it's 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 a balancing act because you you've got these younger the younger kids the the freshmen and sophomores that you know they want to eat sleep and and drink lacrosse and you've got the you know juniors and seniors in our in your program that you know are are updating resumes and figuring yeah. out what internship and and what their career path is and um, you know yeah so it's it's definitely a balancing act. Yeah. You also mentioned that you lost a lot of your top guys. You know naturally you know, when guys graduate, but given like the 2020 season, do you have a lot of guys who gain an extra year? I mean, is your roster a little, you know, I guess messed up right now compared to what it normally is or a little different? Yeah, um, a- absolutely. And, and, you know, we, we here at, at Lemoyne, Lemoyne College and, and Lemoyne Lacrosse, we, we've got a big problem in the, in the fact that our kids don't want to leave, you know, <laughs> the, the experience that they're, that they're having, um, you know, on the academic side and on the lacrosse side, I mean, it's, it's bucket list stuff for, for a lot of people. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, so we, we don't have four classes. We have, we have five classes. Sometimes I call them old guys. Uh, <laughs> sometimes I call them grad students, uh, you know, but yeah, five classes. So the, it's, um, it's different. Um, you know, and, and I'd say there's probably a few more people sitting on tables in the training room. Uh, yeah. you know, cause, uh, you know, you know how it is. Both ankles and <laughs> yeah. knee. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. N- not enough heating pads to, exactly. go, to go around. So, uh, so yeah, but it, it's, it's a great problem to have, you know, and, and, um, you can look at it one of two ways. One is, you know, you, your roster's too big, or you can look at it, at it as, you know, the amount of experience and wisdom that you have in the locker room, uh, with, with, you know, combined with the freshmen, you know, for, a, for an 18 year old to be yep. to the, the life stories that a 23 year old has. <laughs> I mean, it's just, you know, and, and more times than not, you know, those are the stories that you remember on, on your 10 year anniversary or graduating from college, you know, those locker exactly. room conversations. Exactly. I mean, it helps having that experience socially, academically and lacrosse wise, hundred percent, you know, just mentors essentially for yep. these young guys. And it kind of gets them caught up. Yeah. Quickly. You know, they, they start to get a little dad, like, you know, man, I remember when I was 18, yeah. as if it was 25 <laughs> years ago, you know, it almost keeps them a little more accountable too. Cause for they sure. got the younger guys. Yeah, for sure. Like, yeah, I made those mistakes, you know, or for whatever. Sure. Um, but this fall, you know, recruiting, does your class size now that you have five classes is that affecting your recruiting as far as how how many guys you're recruiting yeah um you know again i think every institution is is a little bit different uh every every lacrosse program is a little bit different um we're we're in a unique situation right now that you know i i think as a as a 15 16 17 year old high school lacrosse player um, you know, everybody, if, if you haven't been to a final four, then, then you've watched it on TV. That's, that's for sure. Um, you know, and, and with the success that we had last year, you know, it's, it's almost one of those bucket lists, um, you know, check it, check it off, uh, that, that you've accomplished it. So, yeah. you know, that, that along with, uh, the academic and, and, uh, professional opportunities that, that Lemoyne students have, uh, with a Lemoyne degree, um, you know, I, I, I anticipate and I already know we, we've had, we have, uh, we probably have five or six of our seniors that have accepted jobs already for next year. Um, That's awesome. you know, so that, that means they won't be, you know, they won't be those old guys. They won't be those grad yeah. students sitting, taking up space in the, in the training <laughs> room. Um, 
you know, and, and again, that that's an awesome problem to have when yeah. when the dean of the business school, um, you know, tells you that if this young man doesn't accept this job, then he's going to come down and smack him with a lacrosse stick over the head because <laughs> the opportunity is just, you know, uh, when J.P. Morgan comes a knock and you you answer the, the door, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, yeah, so it's, it's a little bit different, um, you know. I anticipate roster size probably being a, a little bit lower, but still you you kind of have to recruit as if, you know, all your seniors, you know, that they, they, it's a four-year school, it's a four-year degree yeah. for a reason. Um, so, yeah, so it's 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 interesting. It, it um, certainly keeps you up at night a little bit. You know, you, you want to make sure that, you know, every young man that you bring into your program, you know, has an opportunity for success. You don't want to have to have them wait in line too long, for sure. you know, for that chance. So it's... Uh, it's it's not easy. No, it sounds like quite a balancing act. No, not knowing you know if the seniors are are going to get job offers. I'm sure it's not all lined up for when you're ready to start recruiting and offering kids. So you have to maybe kind of gauge and you know go with your gut to say, hey, like you know we may have to take a chance on this kid. We may have some guys staying, or you know we may have to recruit a couple extra kids or how it may be. Yeah, you know it's um, I I I think back to. 1995 and if i had told my father uh that after i walked across the stage that i was going to turn down a job offer um i'm not sure that would have would have gone <laughs> over so well um you know but uh, but again it goes back to the academic side here and uh, you know a lot of our kids in the madden school of business their their you know internship opportunities are, are leading to job offers and you know with that extra year of eligibility that the ncaa gave them you know these kids have an opportunity to to say no, um, yeah. you know, and, and that's not, a, that's not an easy decision. It's, it's not a decision that a, that a 21 year old can really make on their own or, or with sure. Coach Sheehan, you know, so a lot of times it's, it's, uh, it's family discussions. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm sure you're just supportive either way. Yeah. hundred, hundred percent, hundred percent. This fall, you know, we're talking about things getting back to normal. You're, you had a normal fall ball. How was recruiting? How did recruiting look? Was it good to be back on the field actually watching guys? You know, I'm not sure what the rules were specifically for Lemoyne. I don't know if you had the extended dead period like Division One, but yeah. I'm sure it wasn't the same regardless. Yeah, we we don't have we don't have those the same rules. Our timeline is a is a little bit different than it is at the at the Division One level, just by a, a by a couple of months. Okay. Um, you know, but but for us, you know, that we we kind of we got to stand in line. Oh, we're not uh, we're not at the front of the line when when it comes to you know the best players in the country. Yeah. Um, so there's there's a lot of chips that have to fall prior to us getting involved. So you know and 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 rather you know it's really not for us finding the uh, you know the twelve best players that uh, you know that an organization or club coaches rank. Uh, yeah. It's about finding the the right guys to fit into you know the the. Lemoyne College uh, lacrosse culture that we've tried to create here, um, you know, the right fit here at, at Lemoyne College, um, you know, academically and, and socially. So, um, you know, there, and, and just when you think you have a system that, you know, that works, um, all of a sudden a global pandemic <laughs> strikes and, and you've got, uh, you know, I, and I've seen it in my own house with, with my own children. You, you've got uh, kids that, it really didn't have a much of a junior year, none of a senior year. Absolutely. Um, so you, you, again, for us, it's it's we want to find we want to find the right fit, and we want to find guys that 
that have an opportunity to have success. Um, we're, we're, we're lucky that we're, we're not trying to just put jerseys on bodies. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, it's, uh, it, 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 little bit different. Uh, but I think everybody has pushed the, the timeline back and, um, and, and wants to do the right thing for the, for this, for the student athletes. Yeah. And you mentioned before that players watching, everyone watches the final four, you know, anyone involved with the cross is there or watching it. And you guys were there this past year, you take home the title and it's not the first time you've been there a bunch. You've won six. That's gotta be a pretty, you know, you talk about how that's, that's a good sell, right? Everyone already knows who you are. You obviously have the division one teams who are competing for that national championship, but at the end of the day, it's really only, you know, a handful, however many that is. And then there's a lot of division one schools that I'm not saying it's impossible, but it's not likely. Do you find guys say, Hey, you know, I could go be going 500 every year at this program, or I could go win a national championship. One of those bucket list, you know, items that you talked about, have a great experience. So I, I guess what I'm, what I'm getting at is do you have players kind of specifically being like, Hey, this is the, the route I want to go. Or is it sometimes, you know, you're, Hey, this is what we can offer. And they're like, wow, I didn't think about that. Maybe, you know, that, that seems like the right fit. Yeah. Uh, so, so a couple, couple things, you know, I'm, I'm sure you know, different than, uh, you know, than my kids, nobody grows up in there. Well, maybe my house is a little bit different just because of my job, but nobody, <laughs> nobody grows up in the backyard. Um, you know, running around having division two mini stick games, you know, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, there's, there's a lot of Syracuse versus Duke and Virginia versus Hopkins and in, in the backyards of, of a lot of houses all over the country. So, um, you know, that mainly what, you know, really what we're looking for is, is competitors. Um, and, and I think that, you know, at the end of the day, if, if you are a true competitor, um, I, I don't know that, I don't know that three and three and 10 yeah. fills those competitive juices. Um, and gives you a good experience. Yeah. And, and, and again, to, to be able to craft that message to get across to a 16 or 17 year old that, you know, they, they think they're majoring in, you know, um, midfield bounce shots and poke, poke <laughs> checks. Um, but I'm not sure that there's any schools in the country that, that you can major in, you know, making saves or picking up ground balls. So, um, you know, to be able to, to be able to, to talk to a family and, and talk to a 16 year old and, and say, Hey, listen, you know, um, this, this is what you're going to learn, uh, beyond the lacrosse field when you are competing to be the very best. Yeah. Um, and for us, I, I think it's sell. And, um, you know, there, there's a, there's a lot of kids that are very, very talented standing on the sidelines at all 70 of the division one schools mm-hmm. um out there that that are unfortunately never going to have an opportunity to play um you know and we like to think that we're an alternative to that uh, my roster there's there's no doubt about it my roster is filled with division one players oh yeah uh, and it has been it, it, yeah absolutely i mean i mean uh, probably the worst thing that anybody can tell me is a is a high school or club coach when I call and ask about a young man and they say oh he's a division one player and I say yeah that's why I'm calling you <laughs> <laughs> so um yeah that's that's a little frustrating little chip on the shoulder but uh well it's frustrating because people ask me and you know when I was coaching they'd be like how good is this kid and it's it's so tough to tell yeah. because of course 
there's a lot of Division One players who don't have that much athleticism. And, you know, it's all about what are they going to do when they get there, you know, once they sign that national letter of intent. Like, it, you know, it could go either way. And at the end of the day, if a guy is like one of those guys sitting on the bench that you're talking about, he may be a below-average Division One player, but he comes here, he has a good experience. All of a sudden, you know, he's an All-American. He's competing for a national championship, potentially winning one. I mean, it could go two ways. So it's, like, tough to say, you know, oh, he's a D1 player. I don't even. Yeah, I mean, you think about it, and in, in, I don't think a lot of people think about this, but if, if your best attackman is a, is a left-handed attackman and you're a, you're a left-handed crease guy, like, that's not a, that's not a great fit. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's, a, that's not a great fit. A so lot you of cross should, crease yeah. passes. That doesn't happen too often you against know? good defense. Yeah, so that, that's tough, and, and sometimes that's the difference on on whether you play whether your son plays um in in yeah. those things you know we all all the kids develop at different rates um yeah there there there's there's really there's there's not a uh you know an exact science to to having a, a great career and and it all it goes back to what um you know what what we were all told growing up is you know make sure you you pick the school uh you know what happens if you couldn't play anymore? Are you at are you at a place that uh, exactly. that's a good spot for you? Yeah, that and also, I mean, maybe not here at Lemoyne because you've been here for was your twenty fourth or fifth season coming up. But at a lot of schools, they'll get recruited by an assistant coach and they love him. You know, maybe not love the school, and that coach is gone in a year or even before they get there. Yeah, and, huh. and that happens. So they always say, you know, you got to go for the school, and I guess the program to an extent, but. Definitely the school because I mean they are student athletes. Right? Yeah, yeah, and and you know I think the most successful schools out there, if you look at what the Ivy Leagues have done over the past five or six years, you know I think there's there's starting to be a little bit more appreciation for for life after after yeah. the sport. Um, pretty pretty tough to turn down a a college coach when he's you know you're sitting in his office or he's sitting in your house and he's telling you about uh, you know whether it's the long red line at Cornell. Yeah, you know, I'm, exactly. I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's tough. Yeah. Hey everyone, real quick, this episode of the podcast is brought to you by ProFilmReview.com. This is an awesome service for youth and high school lacrosse players, which gives you the opportunity to have your film broken down by a professional player and/or coach of your choosing. As a player, you get a ton of game film throughout the year, and most of the time, it's only used for like a couple three-minute highlight videos. Why not get the most out of that film? ProFilmReview.com is a super easy process where the professional focuses on you, what you did well, your opportunities to improve, and specific things you can work on to better your game. Visit ProFilmReview.com and use the code LR101 to receive 25% off your first review. We have someone listening right now, let's say, who's didn't know a lot about Lemoyne now does whether it's a player or a parent of a player how do you have them like what's your preferred way to have them reach out do you like seeing highlight films do you have a questionnaire do you have all the above you know how, how, how to go how do you go about that how do you have your players potential players go about that yeah so you know for, first of all I think the to acknowledge this um, you know all these 16 17 year olds and, and their parents they have a they have a major problem and I don't know that they spend a lot of time thinking about it. And that problem is, is there's just so many of them. Um, 
you know, and there's there's so few opportunities out there. If if you're just narrowing yourself to the Division One schools, there's 70 Division One schools. There's six Ivy Leagues, three yeah. military academies. You know, 15 schools in geographic locations that you'd never consider. You know, <laughs> and and then all of a sudden, like that list is like, wait a minute, there's not that many places for. You know, if you're the best kid in your town, like congratulations, like. That's one town. and doesn't mean a whole lot. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, you know, the a timing of it is, is a lot. Understanding um, understanding exposure. Uh, there's there's yeah. two types of exposure. There's good exposure and there's bad exposure. <laughs> um, you know, it's, we, we've all, I've done it, you've, you've done it, and we've all seen it. Um, halftime of a 40-minute running time summer club game and the sidelines picks up their chairs and moves to the next field. So your opportunity for exposure was 20 minutes on a 95 degree day in Baltimore and you're one of seven midfielders and you got three runs. Um, Or you're an attackman and your face off guys losing every (laughs) face off. Yeah. I mean, you you know, that's, that's your exposure. Um, so it's, you know, it's, it is, it is difficult. It, it really is. Um, you know, but so, so timing is important and when you put yourself, so, so, a, uh, you know, a 2024 that sends me an email, like we're just now getting started on our 23s, Yeah, you know, so there, there's, there's not too much that's happening with that 2024 email that, yeah. that comes in my inbox today. Um, not enough time in the day, I imagine. No, there's, there's not, there's not. And you know, they, you know, everyone always talks about highlight tapes, you know, keep it under four minutes, make sure the music is good, blah, 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 blah. You know, a defenseman that their first three clips are clearing the ball. Like you don't, you don't watch more than 30 seconds. Um, you know, because I, you're a defender. I want to, I want to see your footwork. I want to see you defend. Yeah. Uh, so I don't, I don't know if it's a, if it's a lack of understanding, a lack of appreciation um, for, for certain positions, but, um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, you know, and, and sometimes there's just a lot of stuff going on in, in this office here and there might be a, a day that, you know, I'll sit and watch 30 highlight tapes and there might be a, a week that I don't watch one depending on, yeah. on what's going on. So timing, timing is everything. Yeah. You brought up a good point of players, a defender on his highlight film, his first three clips are clearing the ball. And I, I understand sometimes, especially as a defender, you're trying to make yourself look good and to the eyes of maybe, you know, them or someone who doesn't know a lot about lacrosse, oh, that's a cool clip. But to a coach, right, they want to see the certain things. And that's why, you know, I always advise, run it by your high school coach, run it by your club coach. Hey, is this what they're looking for? Because numerous times I've had, you know, in the past, I've had conversations with players. I'm like, yeah, that doesn't look pretty, but that's what they're looking for. You know, who cares if you're going to get less likes on Twitter? Yeah. You want to get recruited, right? Is this, that's the point of it. Unless yeah. the point is to just get likes on Twitter, which maybe or YouTube, whatever it is. But uh, you know, it's, I've always encouraged have, a, you know, a high school coach, club coach, watch it. So they know, or at least they'll have a good idea of what you're looking for and what these other coaches are. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, and, and even going on YouTube and, and watching, the last two or three years of division one final four games, you know, how many defensemen, you know, just catch the ball and sprint over the midfield line. Like it just, just doesn't happen. <laughs> yeah, I mean, nuts. you played at Syracuse. Like if that ever happened, you, you like, you'd be sitting in the stands the next game. Yeah. You know? No, exactly. 
<laughs> so yeah, it's it's uh, it's it's tough. It's yeah. tough. Yeah, I mean, it's tough for the players. It's tough for the coaches. You know, as you're saying, you you have a 24 reach out. A, there's not enough time. You're still, you know, wrapping up 22s on to 23s. And obviously, you know, every coaching staff, players are going to get lost in the shuffle. You know, guys that probably could help your program. And, I, and you know, that's probably tough for you as well. And I guess for a player, like, what's the best way just to go about to make sure if they want to go to LeMoyne, Coach Sheehan or Coach Alexander is going to at least see their film or see them to some extent to make the decision of whether they're going to pursue, you know, what, what's your advice there? Yeah. Well, number one, you know, I, I think it's, it's probably not un- understanding, you know, what our inboxes look like, not just here at Lemoyne. I, I'd imagine that schools all across the country, Yeah. Um, you know, don't, don't be afraid to send a couple. The worst thing that can happen is, is we can delete it or, or put it in a folder, you know, somewhere. So, um, if there is an interest, you know, and, and then the other thing is, is tell me, you know, give, give me an idea that you're, you're not just looking at Lemoyne for lacrosse, you know, talk to me about something else. Is there a connection? Um, it, it, honestly, even if that connection is, Hey, I've, I've been to a game or I've watched you guys play, uh, just, just separate, do something that yeah. separates yourself from the other 40 emails that are going to land in my inbox. Not, hey, coach, I like your school. Here is my... <laughs> yeah, not... Uh, the generic. Well, you know, it's, it's hey, coach Sheehan, and then the font changes, <laughs> you know, which, yeah. you know, which, you know, copy and paste. which is a cut and paste. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Oh, uh, yeah, well, when you, you know, I was looking through your roster and now with all these highlight tapes on YouTube and, you know, film being able to transfer it easily, I, I see your roster. I mean, you got guys from Florida. You know, you got guys, you know, primarily, you know, your own backyard here in central New York. That's kind of how, you know, LeMoyne has got a lot of great players. Syracuse got a lot of great players. But now I see your roster is really expanding. And is that just due to all, the, I guess, technology and pretty much, I guess, both ways? You know, now players are hearing about LeMoyne from all over because they can watch it, and then you're able to watch these players as well and kind of make those connections. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, for, for Central New York lacrosse, I, th- I think maybe the um, the idea of of their coming from other places is, is probably yeah. now changed to they're here yeah. <laughs> uh, fr- from other places. So, um you know, I, I in, in don't get me wrong. Central New York is still a, a destination spot for for um, for every coach in in the country. Uh, I think we're fortunate. You know, a lot of times when when you see the geographic diversity on our roster, uh, I would say that probably ninety percent of those kids from outside of of the state of New York were po- probably seen by us playing in the state of New York. Uh, okay. so, so example, you know, Portland, Oregon, uh, playing for Rhino and Lake Placid, yeah. okay. um, wow. you know, uh, Tallahassee, Florida, um, playing in a sweet lax tournament in Rochester. Yeah. Uh, so, so yeah. So, you know, I wish we had the budget to, um, I heard Lincoln Riley's got a pretty good deal with private jets whenever he wants. <laughs> uh, you know, we don't, we don't have that, uh, we don't have that luxury here. So, you know, jet setting to Florida every weekend, uh, or, or Texas or San Diego doesn't, doesn't happen all the time. For sure. So, yeah. So when, when I think, uh, I think the, the, the 
the best clubs understand that playing uh, a geographically diverse tournament schedule is probably in the best interests of the club participants. Yeah. Um, you know, because not everyone's going to be, you know, Syracuse, Hopkins, or or Virginia. Um, you know, there's a lot of a lot of very very good Division two and three schools out there that you know maybe aren't aren't taking those six hour recruiting rides, but they will take a two hour one. Yeah, and I mean you're pretty fortunate that you're somewhat lo- you know centrally located in central New York, but also I mean you can shoot down to Philly. Baltimore is not terrible. You know, Long Island's pretty easy. I mean, you're in a spot, Massachusetts, that you can get a lot of places. Luckily, the Northeast is a little, you know, smaller than, you know, once you get out West. But you got to imagine, and at least from what I've seen when I was in Texas, guys are making their way to one of those spots. So you're probably seeing guys all the time, at least close by, who are from all these kind of, you know, non-traditional areas. Yeah, and, and it helps. You know, our, our alumni are, um, are pretty good about – you know, we've got we've got a we've got a ton of our alumni that are involved in either you know college lacrosse or or the club scene. Um, you know, so I, I like to think that we got a pretty good handle on the state of Florida with with Maddie Casella yeah. down there. Yeah, got a couple in Texas. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Brooks and uh, yep. Bloomer. Yep. Um, so yeah, so it, you know, our our alumni are are certainly very helpful as far as you know identifying and and passing kids along um, to us, which which certainly helps. Yeah, that's huge. Yeah, we, we, we definitely never want to forget our backyard, though. Um, you know, I, I think it's, uh, it's easy when, when maybe you don't have a ton of information to think that, you know, Lemoyne might be too close if, you, if you're a Section 3 school. Um, but I always say, like, I've, I've never had a scenario where a mom or dad knocks on a dorm room door. And <laughs> uh, in, in with, you know, the t- technology that everyone has in their pocket, you know, if you want to have a, a face-to-face conversation with mom, you know, whether you live in Camillus or California, like it's FaceTime and, yeah. and, and it's there. So Exactly. I was talking to Eric Mikio about this and uh, over at OCC, and I think that, you know, the same is true here. You probably get some players, and I, I actually know some personally, and I'm sure it still happens today, who maybe start out at a school, whether, you know, probably primarily like a Division One school. They go there for a semester or so, and they say, I don't think this is a good fit. How often do you have those type of players calling and saying, hey, Coach Sheehan, you know, I went here. It's not what I want. Is there any room for me on the roster at LeMoyne? Like, is that a, you know, a viable option sometimes, you know, if, it, if they seem, at least in your eyes, that they're going to be a good fit in your program? Yeah, it, it, it happens. It happens. It happens all the time. Um, you know, and, and I, I do think that, that the upstate New York, central New York community is, is tight. So uh, a lot of times we have – they have a buddy that that either played here or plays here um you know so they can maybe get a little insider information during that process um you know i I do think it's a difficult way to build a program you know sitting around now with the transfer portal and um you know we we honestly we don't spend much time at all um you know looking at looking at that I, i think we've been a program here where you know if if you consider recruiting the nfl draft you know we, we kind of enter the draft at like the fifth or sixth round and, <laughs> and, you know, we're looking for best available or best overall athlete at, at that point in time. Yeah. And, and then, you know, we, you know, over the last 25 years, you know, the, the staff that we've been able to uh, put together here, you know, at different times is it, do a fantastic job of, 
of developing talent. So, so it happens, um, you know, but, but we don't, uh, you know, our, our recruiting philosophy is, well, don't touch that position because it will, it will fall in our lap in January or, <laughs> or August. You know, I, th- I think that could be a little dangerous. And, yeah. and, you know, I think with that, you, you look at the success that we've had, I think just one time in the, since 2002, one time since 2002, have we missed the NCAA tournament? Um, you know, and so I, and, and I don't, I don't think you leave that to chance, yeah. you know, by, by looking at the waiver wires or the, or the transfer portal. So, um, sure. but at the same time, you know, we've had some kids that, um, that have had a, a tremendous impact on our program, um, that have, have come to us, uh, you know, after attending a, a previous institution. Yeah. All right. Before we wrap up here, I just, I like to give some general advice, uh, Obviously, are you giving it or no, no, I like to get some some general advice, especially to younger players, because it, you know, especially once they start hitting that later middle school, early high school and the pressure's somewhat on of like, oh man, you know, if I'm going to play in college, I got to get recruited. What should I be doing? Should I do this? Should I do that? I mean, obviously you've had, you know, tremendous coaching career so far and you have two sons, you know, one playing for you here, one at Cornell, both playing at a high level. You know, what, what's the first thing that kind of comes to mind for these, you know, maybe middle school into high school players? What should they be focusing on or what should they not worry about? You know, what what's your advice there? Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, I think that, you know, probably a little oversensitive on, on my end, you know, never making the kids, you know, do anything. Um, I think they're, they're setting themselves up for, for major disappointment if, if there's not a love for the game. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, just because you paid for a club team doesn't mean your son has to love it. Uh, <laughs> you know, so so I, I think that, you know, a general, uh, a general passion in, in, in love of the game. Um, you know, we kind of talked about this at, at the Open. Um, it is okay to put your stick down. It, it's, it's I, I wish every single one of my kids that plays for me here at LeMoyne would play um, either high school basketball, CYO basketball, you know, I, I think yeah. I think the 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 movements on offense and defense, and you know how I feel the game should be played is. And I played basketball; I never played hockey, so I, it may be the same. Um, but if if kids play basketball, like I would I would rather they play basketball for a CYO team than box lacrosse in the winter. I mean, I I just think that much of what you can learn from the sport of basketball. Yeah. Um, so, so don't let your kids tell you that the only thing they're going to do, they're going to specialize in lacrosse. Yeah. Um, I say, I think my second piece of advice would be, um, every single young person should have a mini stick set on their Christmas list. <laughs> you know, the ability to walk around the house and just feel comfortable with the stick in both hands. Um, I think that's huge. And, and you know, if, if it's a mini stick that, you know, is, is, in the bedroom or in the basement, uh, and their real stick is out in their equipment bag because it stinks, you know, out in the garage. I, I just think the more kids, I, I think that, and, and I'm not just talking about the kids that, that grew up in my house. I'm talking about the kids that were in my backyard. Um, 
there was there was a mini stick game like every day at eleven <laughs> oh, o'clock. Yeah. Uh, I think my wife and I are still paying for the number of juice boxes and goldfish <laughs> bags because the whole damn neighborhood was was in the backyard um, having mini stick games. I, I think that's I think that's huge. Yeah. Um, you know, for their for their development. That's that's such a good point because you know we've talked about being a two three sport athlete how so much carries over from sport to sport and things you learn, but bringing up the point about you know mini sticks not only you're you know it's the same motion it's having a stick it's having a ball on the stick it's cradling it's shooting I mean it's it's all the same thing but what they're having a blast right talking about keeping yeah. it fun you know you don't need to be padded up with a you know real lacrosse ball to play lacrosse and. You know, when I used to coach, I was, guys, I used to, we used to do shootouts in the backyard with tennis balls all day. Yeah. And guess what? You know, not that I was the best player in the world, but, you know, I ended up playing at a high level. I'm, you know, and, I, and I attribute it to that. I mean, we weren't playing club all year round. Yep. And it was, you know, it kept it fun. It's the same motions. I mean, it's, you know, don't get me wrong. That shouldn't, the only thing you should be doing, but that's a great way to kind of keep it fresh, still have fun and still get better. Well, yeah. Think about this. Think about. Think about a, and, and I'm guilty of this myself. Like this is this is me. Like you, your kid plays club, and you drive them thirty minutes to practice, and you sit there. Thirty, yeah, that's, yeah, that's, you, that's a you, short drive for a lot of people. Yeah, you you sit there and you watch practice. They get back in the car and you start telling them like all the stuff that they did wrong. Like that didn't happen when you and I were growing up. You you went down the street. And if there was a fist fight that broke out because somebody slashed or took a shot, you know, yeah. like that, like, I think that that's more the love of the game. Um, yeah. you know, stuff that, that maybe doesn't, maybe doesn't happen as much, you know, when kind of adults get in the way and, and start organizing everything. Um, but just your, your neighborhood mini stick pickup game, I think is, is invaluable. Yeah. And like, you know, you're saying, I mean, sports don't lie. And you kind of said this in the beginning, Ultimately, it, you know, as you're talking about all this, you know, especially with your sons, it has to come from them. Yeah. And, you know, that's one way to have it come from them is, as you're saying, to, you know, keep the love there and for, you know, fun ways like that. Yeah. I think, that's I, I think on, on most successful teams, you know, what what to do with a loss. You know, I think there's a lot of folks out there that, that you know, as, as a parent, it's, it's tough sometimes, you know, when, oh, yeah. when you don't want to see your kids fail. Um, but. But what you can learn from a loss as opposed to a bad win. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The reinforcement oh, of bad habits. Tremendous. And, yeah. You know, tremendous. Great point. All right. Well, Coach Sheehan, once again, thanks for taking the time. This yes. was awesome. Pleasure. Yeah, we'll, Pleasure. we'll do it again here soon. Good stuff. Thanks for listening to Lacrosse Recruiting 101. Catch us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Have a question for Luke? Email them to questions at lacrosserecruiting101.com.